We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. Why act differently than how you feel? Let's talk about We Wear the Mask by PLD today. All right, you wear the mask, I wear the mask, we wear the mask. We wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile. With torn and bleeding hearts we smile, and mouth with myriad subtleties. Why should the world be overwise, in counting all our tears and sighs? Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We smile, but O oh great Christ, our cries to thee from tortured souls arise. We sing, but O oh, the clay is vile, beneath our feet and long the mile, but let the world dream otherwise. We wear the mask. You should have been a voice actor, man. It's good. You do really you good. You need to stop building me up. I'm going to get a big head or something like that. I might actually believe you. All right, so we wear the mask. Who's the we in this story? Is it all of us, or is he talking about a specific community, uh, specific peoples? I feel like he wants to include everybody, but there's a few very key elements that is he talking about just African-Americans? Is he talking about just lower class individuals? Is he talking about just Christians? There, there's a lot of layers here of who the we could be is, I think, who you want it to be. Okay. Okay. So I would say the story's written, what, 1895? Right. Yeah. 1895. Very important year. So when we look at America during that time frame, when when we say we, I I wouldn't say there's good unity in America at that point in time. We're past slavery legally, but we're not quote unquote equal. So depending on how one interprets the story, you can take it multiple ways, like you said. If we were looking at it contextually at the time, if you were to say, what's the most oppressed group in America at that time, who would you say it was? Uh, Women of color. For sure. Right. Right. African-Americans. Very, very bottom. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no argument. You you can't argue that against me. I'm sorry. Yeah. African-Americans had it particularly rough. And we, you know, Zora Neale Hurston, great writer that talks about how uh, the the African-American men would come home and take it out on the women. So when we talk about oppression in this story, we've talked about this mask, right? This, this mask that we wear that grins and lies. So, so the face that whoever this group is, this we that's being put on, is smiling, and that smile is a lie. Yeah, they're, they're, they're masquerading. The mask is not their true selves. So this debt we pay to human guile. So, so the reason they, 
they wear this mask is because humans can be treacherous. Humans can be tricky. Yeah, they have to protect themselves from the unknown. So if we're talking about African-Americans, let's say 1895, what is the mask? Oh, that's a tough one. Would, okay, well, let me let me throw a line out there. What about social etiquette? What is it that they were expected to perform, perhaps, that that maybe the white class wasn't doing? They were supposed to do the hard labor, but they were also supposed to be still subservient, dis, uh, uh, submissive in a way. Because you look at all of the, the, the very first uh, words, it's all about their face. It's all about the mask of how they're supposed to, like, I mean, like basically have their, their head down, eyes down, their cheeks, their hearts, their smiles, all supposed to be lesser than the other people in society. It says with torn and bleeding hearts. Right. So so their hearts are bleeding. Who whoever the we is in the story are oppressed and they're torn, split in two. Right. Eighteen ninety five. We gotta talk about uh Du Bois and the idea of of um double consciousness where there's the performance you, right? The the you that 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 the white culture tells you you are, what you th- what they tell you your worth is, and then there's your private you, right? The you at home that you believe and know with your your friends and family in a sense. And this is this is a torn heart, a, a ripped heart, an oppressed heart, if you will. All right. So if we're going down that then by the 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 white dominated society in I guess the South. Well it it says why should the world be overwise, right? So so if if we whoever the we is in this story, the antagonist is the world. At least, at least in this line, right? It says, why would, why would the world care? Why should they be bothered with our suffering? Like we put on this mask for what purpose? For performance. To, to what? To validate their oppression? Is it so that they don't feel bad about their oppression? Why would, why would Paul Lawrence Dunbar, in, in what is ultimately his magnum opus, this poem, create the story about how an oppressed class with torn and bleeding hearts puts on this mask of performance. Why would an oppressing class demand that of them? I guess he's, I think that Dunbar is writing to a uh, heartless peoples, peoples that are apathetic about their cause of, you know, you, you, you got your freedom. What, you want more now? And I think that he is trying to say, hey, yeah, we do. We we look happy, and we're just doing that to appease you, but we're not. There There is more here. Right. It's probably one of those things that you see everybody smiling and telling you, oh, yes, I, I love this life. But it's it's performance, right? It's so, it's so that— It's an act. Well, it, yeah. If your world was bad, they'd treat you worse. Right. They'd show you how much worse it could be so that you could appreciate what you did have. Right. So is this lie? Is this world that they're constructing almost like they're gaslighting in return in a sense so that they don't get put into worse situations? Is is it do, do the whites really believe it or was it just to avoid more suffering for themselves? Yeah, I think back like when you were reading this, uh, because I when I read it, it was in my in my head i didn't read it out loud it had a very sing song to it as well did you do that on purpose or is that 
because I, I I legit asked you, or I I jokingly asked you how many times maybe you practiced this, but it, is that is it supposed to be kind of a song? It feels like it has a little bit of a you know a, a rhythm to it, you know, almost like it's a hymn. I don't know. Um, I'm sure someone who's like a, a deeper scholar into this area and such could tell you that, but I, I don't know offhand. I think that there there's clearly a lot of structure to the poem and usually a lot of structure leads to kind of like that poetic and uh, specific rhythmic feel to it. So I can see that, but I just can't speak with authority as to what was intended, if that makes sense. Yeah. There, there's a lot of uh, the, the, the facial expression words in the poem and there's a lot of W words in the poem as well. And I, I wonder if that's something that he's trying to convey to us if, if this is supposed to be kind of, you know, have a, a, a rhythm to it that is, is giving us more information that is not strictly there on the page. Right. So let me ask you this, because this story is, of course, a window to us, right? We are two white individuals. Like this is, this is a window into a different person's life. When you read the story, The Mask, this social performance did you feel that there, the way the narrator delivered the story, did you feel that there was pride in the mask or did you feel that it was all scorned and like he regretted that the mask existed? I felt it was very, very negative. Um, and again, maybe that says because I can sometimes be a pessimistic person, but yeah, I think scorn is a good word that this is a mask we're wearing to make you feel better when we shouldn't have to, that it's ridiculous that we have to still feel this way. We should be better and you should be better and we can be better together. I'd love to have known, you know, obviously the, the souls of black folk um, came out, I think around this time. I'd be curious to know if that term, like the double consciousness was out before. And was that what maybe Paul Lawrence Dunbar was talking to? this poll about the performance side of how they have to appear. And, you know, they talk about their souls being torn, their souls being tortured, the world being the antagonist in the story. Like everyone's out to oppress uh, these people that um, it, it becomes a little, a little, it's, it's very sad that a lot. Well, in 1895, is this, you and I know this now, right? Right. In 2022, this isn't a secret. But in 1895, was this a shock? Like, did some people see nothing about the pain and only saw how they smiled and were told, oh, yeah, I like this life. This is great. But it's all a lie. Like, were some people so naive that this story was a shockwave to what they thought was reality? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something maybe a little bit controversial, but you and I know it in 2022. But my friend, there are still people that would be shocked that I think some still put on a mask. My brother-in-law puts on a different mask depending on who he's around. And it breaks my heart that he can't be his true self sometimes. I still don't think we've come past this completely. No, and, you know, in completely current events, and this will be dated, you know, the further this video goes out, but a relatively recent event that happened was the whole Will Smith slap scene with Chris Rock, right? And I was talking to one yeah. of my friends about it because the whole world was talking about it for, for reasons that I don't know, maybe because it just resonated with so many different 
uh, classes, uh, themes. Like there's a lot of ways in which to break that down. But you know, one of my friends who's biracial, he talked about it, how he, he looked at it and he, he meant this figuratively, not literally, but he talks about how, you know, when he thinks about it with his white brain, this is what he hears. And then when he hears something with his black brain, this is, this is what he hears. And uh, it was interesting to hear him talk about, you know, what, what we expect a situation to perform as when we expect this person to behave this certain way. And that based on the, the skin, the pigmentation in our skin, we have different expectations for how someone should behave. And I thought that's very interesting. And to your point, it, it is relevant because that's kind of exactly what we're looking at with this poem is a story of a difference between our social selves and our real selves. And while we did really dive into, I think the, the social side, like, like, the, the the racial side of things to your point earlier this could be taken as just a straight oppression story right it doesn't have to be i think just skin even though the mask plays up to that really well but it could be social class it could be uh, uh gender even like a, an oppressed female like per your perspective there's there's a lot of different ways about how someone who doesn't feel comfortable as torn as tortured puts on an act for others so that they just don't have to suffer more I think the key word that you said there is the oppressor and that they're not going to be overcome. And I think one of the key words that stood out for me was the the clay that we mold ourselves mm. to fit your expectations mm. to what you expect to see of me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, with like the, the, the you know, Chris Rock and, and Will Smith thing, um, we look at that from so many different angles of, do you look at it of, of them as people of color? Do you look at it from the rich people? Do you look at it from... Um, you know, a wife-husband thing, a comedian thing. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of different ways to take it. I think that this poem of why it's his magnum opus is there's so many layers of how you can interpret this. Uh, and that that's the one thing you can't deny. I mean, you could make arguments to say that we're wrong about a lot of things of how we interpreted this poem, but you can't deny that there's a lot of layers to this poem uh, from the simple words to how you read this poem, how you interpret this poem, uh, and what you want to get out of this poem. Absolute masterpiece by Dunbar. So there you go. His magnum opus. We're going to leave a playlist down below where you can check out our other Paul Lawrence Dunbar talks. We'd really appreciate if you hit that like button. My name's been Una. Peace out. Peace.